All right. Good afternoon, everybody. This is uh, Mayshawn Wilson signing on for the War Room to the Boardroom podcast. I'm your host. Currently do strategic deals and business operations at Apple. I'm a combat veteran, Duke MBA and West Pointer. And the purpose of our podcast here is to help minority service members kind of navigate that transition from service, whether it's from VA benefits, career exploration, and kind of figuring all that out. And so if you'd like to follow us on our page on Spotify or LinkedIn, please do so. Today, we have a distinguished guest, Mr. William Tunde Osalaha, and he and I will be discussing kind of preparing to transition, uh, transitioning into education and human capital consulting. I'm going to call him Tunde because that's normally how we go back and forth. Uh, so Tunde is a human capital consultant at Deloitte, a former Army infantry officer, a former West Point diversity admissions officer, and a charter school business operations officer. He's also a graduate of West Point and the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. So without further delay, uh, Tunde, please take the floor from here. Absolutely. It's it's good to be here, Mayshawn. Uh, we go back uh, 15. 15 years, yeah. 17, something like that. Not 17. We're, we're um, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. You know, it's it's cool to see uh, what you're doing. You've got multiple projects, and I'm I kind of look up to to some of the stuff that you're doing. But you and and others in our class, it's just really cool to see what we're up to after after these 15 years. So glad to be here, and looking forward to you know the next hour of chatting with you. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So to, to start off for our listeners today, can you just tell us a little about who you are, kind of where you're coming from? And kind of what brought you into the military? Yeah, I grew up in a town called Evanston, Illinois, which is to a suburb of Chicago, but it's kind of unique in the sense that it it really is uh, social and economically diverse, and also racially diverse. And you know, being I'm I'm biracial, growing up in that environment was uh, was really helpful for me to sort of figure out who I am and who I was. And part of that process is learning about people and you have to really understand different types of people in order to connect with them and given the uh the vast array of different races and and ethnic groups and and religions i was fortunate enough to have to learn and sort of be able to pivot and and sort of exercise that muscle of you know observing people and understanding and, and being empathetic and you know when i was thinking about where to go to college I knew it was something that, you know, uh, a place where I had to deal with people where that was part of the core values of that college. Um, and so for me, jumping into the military was was really more so about, I want to go to West Point. I want to go to this place that you, know, you have to work with people. You have to connect with others in order to be successful. And that's kind of what originally led me to the military. Um, you know, I served for five years. I did did a lot of different things. My last job was I worked as an admissions officer following in your footsteps at, at, at school back at West Point and really just uncovered this passion for education and, and, and mentorship and working with students. And when I transitioned out of the military, a big part of my transition was trying to figure out how could I incorporate this mentorship, you know, this this connection with students on the outside, while still maintaining some of the skills that I built up through, you know, my, you know, nine, 10 years in, in the military. So 
I tried to think about what that looked like and ended up working at a charter school in operations. And I was an operations manager uh, for a, an elementary school in the Bronx. And I got to sort of use some of my operations experience, uh, working with people, people management experience, but then also having to deal with kids every day. That was a, a great time. I, I, I learned how to work with kids, you know, and I didn't have brother and sister growing up, you know, but not till much later in my life, you know, so really got to got to sort of scratch that itch and, and, and work with kids and see how kids grow. It's an amazing experience. Um, afterwards, I, I worked worked in chart in the charter school for about two years and then decided I want to go get my MBA, you know, and kind of looking back on it now, I almost wish I was a little bit more intentional. It was kind of like, well, every everyone in the military is going to get their MBA, you know, so let me go do that. And on one end, it was a good, it, it was a good intro to, to the business world. You know, on the other end, I think had I been a little bit more intentional, and, and there are ways to do that, um, but had a little bit more intentional, I could have sort of carved out a path that was uh, you know, more more tailored to my skill set, you know. Um, but I I did two years in in uh, University of Michigan at Ross, um, had a great time, and decided to uh, work in consulting, which is another people management, relationship management business, uh, albeit at a way higher level. Um, and I've been at at Deloitte for about two years, and I, I love the job. I, I love the challenges of being consultant. It sharpened my skills uh, in, in many ways that needed to be sharpened. And, uh, I'm just excited to, to see where uh, the future leads. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. So when you talk about kind of your family background, your kind of relationship building, operating across many different, uh, intersectional identities, yeah. Like, what kind of drew you to the military? Did you have family in the military, friends? Like, yeah. Is it that was like, Hey, I want this experience compared to say another university or was it sports that drew you there? Like, what was it? Yeah. Kind of was that drive? I, I, if, if I'm looking back on it, I, I think there was sort of this, this seed that was planted. Um, you know, my, my dad was in the military, um, you know, being an immigrant, you know, he, he really wanted to sort of pay back America, you know, sort of giving him his, his citizenship and, and all the liberties that come with it. Um, so he served, he served for about five, six years uh, in the reserves. And, you know, that was just sort of in the periphery of my childhood. I also had a grandfather that served in World War II. And just remember growing up, you know, my mom, we called him Gakadak. Gakadak, you know, would just see pictures of his boat. He was on a famous ship called the USS Indianapolis. You know, he obviously had had some stories to tell. And, um, you know, I think just that kind of got embedded into what I wanted to do. And, you know, I went and visited West Point to all my my mom and my dad. There it was this complete like, what are you military? What? You know, it was just this complete, you know, and it's funny, given both of their backgrounds that they were so surprised. But um, when I went to West Point, it was just like, this is my home. Like, this is where I need to be. You know, I've been fortunate enough to uh, use the experiences that I that I gained there to 
be uh, successful in life in, in different things and be happy and, and sort of put myself on a on a growth trajectory trajectory that is really uh, helping me fulfill my passions. Oh, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And so kind of now that you touched on kind of where you are, yeah, who you were kind of coming into the military, can you talk a little bit about like how did you get here to this human capital consulting? You mentioned kind of your last job in the army was outreach. And so how did you kind of think about one, when to leave? And then two, how did you do that discovery process of figuring out what you wanted to do? Because I know that can be challenging for a lot of veterans. Yeah, I I think kind of the first question when to leave. Um, you know, there the, the the military. There's sort of these natural inflection points of like where you hey, this is should I, should I stay? Should I leave? Should I go to Triple C? Should I you know? After the admissions job, you know, I'd I'd serve for five years. It was either you know get out go to triple C and I was a branch transfer. So I came in as infantry, but I was going to transfer to signal. I had no experience in signal, obviously wasn't particularly excited about it. That, that gave me the ammo to make the decision to, to transition out, you know? And, and I think that if circumstances were different, you know, if maybe I was, if I was straight infantry, um, you know, I, I might've, that might've been a, a longer internal conversation with myself, but I think I, I sort of decided like, this is what my future looks like. I'm not particularly excited about that future. And so what can I do to make, to make me excited? That that's kind of been my, my North star as I've journeyed through the different experiences and opportunities after that. I think there's this sort of big people component that has made up that North star. Um, and so working in, in the school, working in the charter school, obviously you're working with kids, kid, kids are people. Um, some days they might not seem like that, but it was a very interesting experience because, you know, you have to know how to communicate very well with kids, you know, because there's no room for sarcasm. Kids aren't quite, at least at the age group that I worked with, kids, kids don't get sarcasm. You know, you can't say something, they'll take it literally. You know, kids, are, their minds are all over the place. So if you're not very clear with your direction, you're, you're not going to be as successful a, a, as the next person. And so going, working in the school really gave me this like doctorate in communication, you know, on what it means to, to convey information in a way that your recipient can receive it. And it just kind of funneled this idea of working with people. Okay. Well, you like to work with people. You have to communicate with people. You have to know how to communicate with people. What does that look like in business school? How can I sort of leverage these skills at the next level? And originally I, I went back to, to, I went to back to school and went to business school because I wanted to work in nonprofit. That's what I want to do. I, this is, I like, I like this service, this mission driven job. Um, and I think once I got to business school, the realities of what that looked like kind of hit me, you know, Shannon, you know, our Our MLT uh, coach, yeah, MLT coach, um, I, she, she always, I, this quote of her sticks in my head of, you know, everyone wants to save the world and be a millionaire, you know, and it, 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 
it's hard to do that unless, you know, very specific situations where, you know, maybe you just have come into money or you've built up money over time and now you can do that. Um, but it's really hard to just do that in the mainstream. And I think that I realized that I, I want to be comfortable in my life. And like the first week or two of business school, it was kind of like, uh-oh, like I can't, all the essays and time and the narratives that I built trying to get into school, you know, now I've got to pivot from that. And so what does that look like? You know, in business school, uh, and particularly at Ross, at, at the University of Michigan, Mich Michigan is a very consultant friendly business school. There's a, there's a big pipeline between Ross and, and a lot of the consultant firms out there. Um, and so for me, it was, it was kind of like this, I could see myself doing this. Um, what opportunities are there for me, for someone like me with my experience and interests in, in consulting? You know, I, I sort of was at this info session uh, where someone said the word human capital consultant and it's, you know, well, what's, what's human capital consulting? What does that mean? Um, well, human capital consulting is, you know, a particular branch of consulting where you're working with the workforce to enhance productivity, to achieve mission goals, to make more money, you know, to decrease costs, increase profit, whatever, whatever that looks like, you're leveraging the workforce to do that. And for me, who spent this entire time really trying to understand people and how people operate, that 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 spoke to me. And so that was kind of like my natural transition into human capital consulting. I I did you know the whole recruiting thing. I uh, did a uh, a summer associate stint at Deloitte in their in their DC office. Was lucky enough to get a you know uh, an offer to come back full time and um, have been there ever since. And I've I've been on a lot of different projects since then. And you know I think you have your idea of what consulting is and what sort of the theoretical understanding of consulting is and what people say in in, in sort of the seminars and what you read about. And then there's actually what consulting is. There's a big difference, you know. Um, there's some similarities, but there there are some differences. And you know, sort of learning that that real world real world experience has been um, pleasure of mine. It's just understanding, you know, new ground to to learn about, and you know, different ways that people operate, uh, even even past your original expectations of that experience. So. That's uh, kind of what led me to uh, to where I am today. No, that's very helpful. So if I if I pulled out of that correctly, communication, especially learning how to communicate with children, yeah. uh, really important. And then kind of understanding what you enjoyed either about the military or your experiences growing up to kind of drive your passion and figuring out your career discovery going forward is kind of what I pulled out of that. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of like sort of summarize everything, the military is very good at telling you what to do, when to do it, you know, and it's easy to fall into, that, you know, I think one thing that, you know, as you're transitioning out and maybe even before is really sort of developing the sense of what do I want? What do I enjoy? What what can I do to be happy? You know, what can I do to to develop my passions? And I think. Developing that muscle of like checking in with yourself 
you know, to me, that's sort of what what helps people transition a little bit more effectively. If you're sitting in something that you like, that you're going to be successful at that. So how do you do that? Well, you're going through this process of constantly reevaluating. You, you, you try something out. It's not what you thought it was. Well, then you sort of, you know, put yourself in a position to pivot. And I think just being open and transparent and vulnerable around a lot of those different things, I think will will help those that want to transition a little bit more smoothly. That makes sense. So understanding between something at its preach versus how it's practiced. So almost like say what you were taught in an academy class versus when you actually go out and deploy as an infantry officer or probably similar to Ibolic. Would you say that's a fair comparison or a- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's theory and there's practice and how, how something is, is based in theory, it, it almost always materializes different. You know, so I think like that's everywhere I've gone, I've had to like, oh, I learned this, but I need to do this. You know, and I think that's that's definitely a good point that that you raise. That makes sense. And so as you were thinking about your transition, would you say you were planning like, would you say like 12 months out, 24 months out? Like what was that time frame where you're like, okay, my branch transfer is coming up. I'm starting to think about, okay, I'm, I think about getting out. And like, when should, when should people start thinking about that? If that makes sense. Yeah. For me, I, I have to know what I'm doing. I, I like to have a five-year plan, you know? So like, that's, it's easier for me to, to sort of be focused in the day-to-day. If I kind of know what those actions are, how those actions are going to get me to a place I need to go. I think about 12 months out. You know, I I got to West Point to be the admissions officer in in maybe June of of that year to start the cycle. And at that point, I was already researching like what is what does Signal Triple C look like? You know, what what's my career gonna look like? I started talking to different mentors. Um, and I think I decided maybe during that fall that, you know. This, this isn't for me, you know, is there, is there recourse? Can I, you know, can I just go straight infantry? Um, and there were hurdles around that. So I was very anxious around that. You know, it's a very anxiety inducing time. Um, I think that if you have a family, you know, you probably need a longer runway. So, you know, you have a little bit more pushing, you know, if you're single, you know, and you're sort of open to moving around, you, you may, maybe maybe your runway's a little bit shorter. You know, I, I think it, it's really just, um, you know, it's person dependent. You know, it's how much anxiety <laughs> you, you, you hold around that. I held a lot, so I wanted, I wanted to give myself ample time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of depends. At the end of the day, it just depends on the person. No, I would say it's very true. Yeah. I gave myself like, Similar to you, I had like a 5, 10, 20 year plan. And yeah. I was like, okay. If if I like this and I see captains and majors, I want to be like, great. But probably about two years out, I was like, okay, this is enough. Yeah. Let's try yeah. something else. Yeah. And so along those lines, you ultimately decided to go to business school and human capital consulting. Mm-hmm. Compared to people that say, go straight to business school or straight into industry, I guess, can you talk about that thought process of doing education and then going to the business school route versus say the front end kind of talk about your thought process. 
Yeah. So I'll I'll start off with you, you bloom where you plant where you planted, right? So you know things might not necessarily fall the way that you thought they would, but you just make you, you make the best of it. My plan was to to maybe get out and go straight to business school. You know, um, so I, I remember you know studying for the GMAT um, while while at admissions. You know, and kind of like I would. I would basically after work, I would spend like two, three hours at my desk, you know, studying for the GMAT. And, you know, I am one of those lovely, lucky individuals that has to work outside of standardized test scores to to prove my competence because I'm not the best test taker. And, um, you know, the first go round of the GMAT, I, I didn't have scores that would put me in in a position to be at a school that I wanted to. So. My plan B was then to, um, you know, move, move to uh, working in industry, you know, and call it industry. I worked in in nonprofit, you know, looking back on that, that was the best thing that could have happened. Um, You know, I I think there is as much as as much as there's a shift, you know, personally going from the military to outside of the military, there's a huge culture shift. You know, and, and for me, for us, you know, we started off, you know, most of our adult, all of our adulthood, you know, started was, was in the military. So you grow up. This is what, you know, 18, 19, 20 years, you know, you're, you're the core years of your adulthood are being defined by this very specific, very, you know, unique culture that only exists, you know, w- within that subset. And so now you're you're going straight from that to a completely different culture. You know, there there's a learning curve. You know, there's a there's a you know, there's there's a huge learning curve. And even now, I've been to business school, I've worked in, you know, a nonprofit, even in consulting, still there there is a shift that I'm sort of still having to sort of navigate through. And so I say all that to say when you're navigating that transition. You know, it's really about, to me, individual preference of what what do you think is going to be the best fit for you? If you're intending to go to business school, you know, business school is such a is there's it's a it's a period of learning. There's so much to learn technically, you know, but also you're building relationships, you're performing networks. Um, If you can offload culture shift from that, you know, cultural learning. If if you can maybe go off and work in industry and understand corporate America, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, if you can sort of embed that in your in your body, and then now you go to business school, that's one less thing you have to worry about. Now you can focus on building relationships and being present in class and sort of focusing on yourself so you can drive your passions and, and sort of pick a job that you want. Now, people are built differently and, you know, may, maybe there are faster learners out there that can sort of navigate those challenges a little bit more succinctly. Um, but for me, I think that's that's the route. I think if I had to do it again, I would do it the same way. To me, that's that's sort of the, the, the best practice, if you will. That makes perfect sense. I mean, adjusting to corporate cultures, even professional services in the technology or yeah. finance. 
they all have very different cultures in the military. And I think learning those is probably the biggest hurdle compared to just like technical skills by themselves. So yeah. I agree. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. And then also utilizing that time to like prepare for the GMAT and know where you want to go. Because I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize how time intensive that process can be. I think when I studied around the same time, so like 2015, 2014, around there, it was like in order to get a 700, you have to put in at least 100 hours, 150 hours plus to get to a 700. And like, yeah. it's a tall order. Yeah. They're very tall order. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, there, there's just so much to, you know, that that break is is such a shocking break in many different ways that, you know, I think you you really just have to understand what your priorities are. For me, my priority was to, you know, looking back on it now, I wanted to spend less time having to navigate a culture in order to learn business more efficiently. I was able to sort of come in and, okay, like this is how civilians talk to each other. Okay, this makes sense, you know? Uh, can you talk about how you navigated understanding the culture? So yes, you know, the military has a culture of its own. It tends to be very majority focused as someone who is kind of biracial, multiracial. How did you navigate that space since both the military and corporate America tend to be very majority in their skew and very male dominated? Yeah. This is just one example of many different types of, of, of cultures. So I think being in consulting and being in, in the military, I think are, 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 are it, it's a good study in uh, di- direct communication, you know, because on one end, you know, in the military, you have to be very direct with your community. You know, it's, it's very direct. People will tell you, you as lieutenant, like get your mm-hmm. get your get your stuff together, you know. All the time. Um, and so when when you grow up in that culture, you know, you you that's how you communicate. That's how you receive feedback. You know, someone tells you you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you need to fix this. This was okay, cool. You know, so if you're used to hearing, you know, hearing that di- directness, and now you know you're transitioning into. Uh, a different environment, I bring up consulting because to me, consulting is on the other opposite end of the spectrum with, with directness, you know, someone will give you feedback and it's like critical feedback, but you, you might hear it as a compliment. I'm I'm good. And they're telling you, you suck, but in very nice terms, you know? Oh yeah. Um, And, you know, I think that navigating the transition is really all about, uh, perceiving others, you know, you have to be very perceptive, you know, especially in an indirect environment. You know, I, I just said this, they kind of responded a little weird. Like, did I, you know, maybe I should have, you know, maybe I should have said something or maybe I should have phrased it differently. And I've, I've had talks with mentors that have been in the military that have said, Hey, this is, this is different. Like this is, you know, um, the, the business format of consulting is you're working with clients. You're in this space of, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want this negative energy with the client, you know? So if there's this principle of yes, and, you know, and I don't, I don't know if you've, maybe you got, maybe you have something different at your, at, at, in, when, in your consulting experience, um, 
but yes. And if the client asks you to do something and you're like, no, we're not doing that. You're, you're not saying, you're not saying no, you know, you're saying, oh yes. And we'll have to maybe talk to our SMEs to get a little bit more clarity on the ask. And we'll have to talk to our, you know, our managing director to understand, like you give this, you know, this answer that kind of is a no, but in a nice way. And that's, that's just kind of consulting. It's, you know, in the military, can you do this? No, Lieutenant, go back and rethink your plan. Like it's, you know, it's a very specific, you know, so how do you, how do you navigate those two worlds? What does that look like? You have to, you have to be, you have to be humble. You have to, you know, you have to be perceptive. You know, you you have to, um, you, you have to understand and, and talk to people to understand sort of, uh, you know, the best ways to communicate. Um, now, add in, you know, the, the the racial factor, and I think that that's just another flair that that adds a, a layer of complexity to it. If I were advising someone to transition you know, where, how to transition from the military, going to consulting, that's a tough transition, you know, culturally, maybe find a culture that is, is a, maybe a step below the, the military in that sense. Because again, you know, the, the, the more dramatic swing that is, the higher learning curve it is for you. And you, you're spending more time on, on, on communicating and cultural understanding than you are about actually doing your job or, you know, the technical part of it. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely a big piece is, is culture and, and communication for sure. No, I think I could not have said it better myself. Yeah. Similar struggles in consulting. And I will say that, you know, if you're in a big four firm like us, or even, you know, McKinsey Bain, BCG or other consulting firms, I would say most veterans have a similar struggle, even if cultures and sizes vary to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. I'd wager. I'd wager. And so kind of taking a step back and like how you got here, were there any specific programs that you use to kind of help with this transition? I think we talked about MLT a second ago, um, but did you use anything like a JMO program that Deloitte has or anything else to kind of help figure out your transition process from the military into business or consulting? I So I didn't, you know, I, I mean, outside of MLT, which is more of a... Um, it's less of a military focused organization. I, I almost wish I had because a lot of the learning that I did that I have accumulated has come through mistakes I've made or, you know, times I've put my foot in my mouth or just different circumstances where I just didn't understand, you know, the situation. Um, you know, so I think a, a, a lot of that, you know, indirect communication learning have has come through times where I have, you know, maybe missed missed something or I've been a little bit too direct or, you know, um I I think that if if there's any opportunity for someone to be in a program that helps transition, um, helps with your transition, absolutely, you know, take take up that offer. You know, but to me, you know, much more than any any individual program is just the learning that comes with talking to different people, you know, um, because people at the end of the day, that that's that's where the information is. You know, 
if you're able to sit down and understand someone's experience and, and how they navigated a particular situation, to me, that's the best way to, to accumulate knowledge. You know, when you're in those programs, there's you get a higher access to people, but you also have the opportunity to talk to people outside of those programs. So, you know, as long as you kind of, can kind of focus in on, you know, making networking and, and talking to people that have transitioned part of your transition plan, that's sort of the the, the best case scenario. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. You mentioned a number of the lessons that you learned about, you know, communication and, you know, how do people deliver feedback in different cultures? Were there any particular, I guess, guides that kind of helped you figure out that process? Maybe it was like a book or a podcast, um, anything that kind of helped you with that transition. And I think you also mentioned mentors, yeah. the, mainly uh, like Army mentors, West Point mentors, other veterans. Yeah. You know, I, I think part of it is just you you just gotta jump in the deep end and you know and and sink or swim, you know. I, I yeah, I mean I think that when I was in Michigan, you know, when I was at Ross, uh they they had some like you know low context versus high context communication training, which you know w- was interesting to kind of see that across different cultures, you know, where you needed more context to understand the dialogue versus less context to understand the dialogue. Um, so that was, that was an interesting study that, that, that I could have sort of incorporated in, into like my perspective. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you just, yeah, you, you, you jump in and you learn and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the, to me, that's the, the, the best way. As long as you're perceptive, I think the biggest thing is have, have self-awareness, you know, just don't go into a setting and just start, you know, not, not reading people and not hearing others feedback and, you know, not having any awareness of how you, how you exist in in that space. Um, But, you know, we're all different. We're all gonna, you know, that's the beauty of, of people is we're all different as long as we can sort of work together to sort of be at harmony. That's, I think everything else kind of shakes out. No, I'd agree. Um, as I take it, things like a Myers-Briggs test or even some of the career leader tests um, kind of help me figure out some of that where you're like, oh, yeah. this is how other people receive me. That's that's good. Yeah. There, there is, a, you know, I'm sure there's a version of this at a lot of different places. Um, at Deloitte, it's called business chemistry. It's sort of this proprietary proprietary. Uh, you know, framework. I think there's a book called Business Chemistry, actually. At Michigan, there's the Michigan model of leadership. And they're essentially the same thing, just sort of framework differently. But um, these these frameworks sort of divide communication styles, learning styles, leadership styles into four quadrants. Someone who's a communicator, someone who's sort of a creator, Someone who's kind of like, you know, they call it a driver, but someone who likes to sort of, you know, push. I don't I don't I don't know the exact verbiage of it, but someone who's kind of like, you know, let's go. Let's get it done. You know, it's more of like the the drill sergeant. Um, And then the person that kind of like wants to is very detail oriented, wants to follow the rules, you know, needs to be meticulous and and sort of how they go about things. You know, those are the four quadrants 
someone can fall into. And, and people have different, you know, the, 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 the diff, maybe different uh, uh, flavors of, of other ones. Like I'm primarily a, a creator, but I have fl- fl- flavors of the collaborator, the sort of people person. Um, you know, so learning that, you know, you then become much more self-aware. And then you're able to read others and 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 follow this framework that uh, you know a- allows you to uh, better communicate with different types of people to better to to better sort of understand how others operate. You know, so if I'm working with someone that is a driver and and they're sort of pushing the group and being forceful, um, it's not that they're a meanie. It's not they're being a jerk, you know, that's just how they communicate, you know? And so I can put my defenses down because, you know, that's, Mayshawn is just, that's how he rolls that, you know, that's, he's someone that likes to have his, you know, he wants to follow the deadline. He wants to make sure everything's good to go. Um, And so I I can then accept you and work with you and, and, and sort of, you know, that's kind of the gist of it. So I would say that, that is a, that's that's a very good framework, um, and I think you just gotta like Google Deloitte business chemistry or you know Michigan model of leadership. I know there's there's different types and iterations of it, so that 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 would be a one one framework that I think I've I've leaned on. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think kind of you know some of our final notes. If you had to look back on your transition process, is there anything that you would change, whether it was kind of your last assignment, how you booked your benefits, education, your career field, any of those items particularly that you would change about your transition? Yeah. All over again. Yeah. I So I wish I was more intentional. Um, and it's funny because back then when I was going through it, I thought I was being very intentional. And uh, what I what I didn't realize was I needed to ref- I needed to talk to more people. Yeah, my my n equals number was like n equals five, and it needed to be n equals fifty or more. You know, more than that. Um, get more data points about what's out there so that you can make an informed decision. You know, about what's best. For you. There's there's a perfect there's a perfect job. There's a perfect situation for for everyone. And I think that, you know, my my career has slowly but surely gotten me to that point. And I'm not there yet. You know, um, I, I don't regret anything that I've done. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I know that there there is something out there that, um, you know, m- makes me more passionate, that, that will wake me up more quickly in the morning, that's, that's going to energize me a little bit more. Um, frenetically or, you know, a little bit more strongly um, when, when I, when I'm working through it, you know? So I think uh, as I've talked to more people, I'm slowly but surely figuring out what that is. Um, But that's, that's the only thing. I don't don't think that's something that you can just do more differently, do differently. I think it's more just realizing that people, people are going to give you information to help you inform your decisions. And so if you can talk to as many people as possible um, from all walks of life, you know, that to me, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, I wish I could have done more of and will continue to do more of um, in the future. No, 
would agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and so for our listeners that kind of want to continue following your story and learn more about you, like where can they do that? Do you have like a you know LinkedIn that you want them to follow or yeah. any um, other media presence? Yeah, I mean LinkedIn, just uh search my name, William, or I think it's Tunde Asalaja, not William Tunde Asalaja. Um, but I LinkedIn is, you know, I love to connect with people. I'll, I always, I always love it when someone, you know, kind of cold emails me or cold messages me and it's just, Hey, tell me about Deloitte or tell me about Michigan or, you know, whatever the case. Um, I love, I love having those conversations. So I would love to start a one-on-one with anyone that uh, wants to, wants to connect with me there. Most definitely. And then kind of last piece, are there any kind of like initiatives or other like projects that you're working on that you want to share with our listeners? You know, and based on you actually got me in this in this game, the the real estate investment game. You know, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of been my 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 biggest project of late. You know, so I think that's that's a great that that's that that's something that takes up my time. Um, also joined uh, officially the the West Point Field Force, which uh, for those that don't know is the uh, recruiting arm. It's a volunteer network of recruiting folks that supplement the admissions team at West Point. So, you know, I was formerly admissions officer. Now I'm field force and looking to, to get the next Mayshawn Wilson into, into West Point. There it is. We appreciate your time so much. Thank you for sharing your nuggets of wisdom. We'll keep you posted once we publish. We appreciate that. Absolutely.